Welcome back to the Busy Mom Fit Podcast. My name is Lydia Rose. I am your host. Today, we're talking therapy. This one may be a two-parter because um, I might get a little heavy, and that's okay. So buckle up, kids, because we're going to talk about your mind and um, how to heal it and why you should be thinking about that. It's really important. So therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I found myself in therapy a couple years ago. Um, the place I never thought I would be. I've always thought of therapy as like kind of a failure, you know, like, oh wow, <laughs> you're so messed up. You have to go tell a stranger about your problems and like see if they can fix you. Um, so it's always been kind of like taboo and avoided. Um, I'm also pretty proud, so I just thought like, oh, I can fix my own problems. I can do this. And that's not a real thing. Um, so if you're in that place, I'm here to tell you, you need to go ahead and fall off the horse, okay? Because that needs to happen. You got to get some humility and you got to go ask for help if you need it. Because you can't do everything by yourself. There are people smarter than you. There are people who know more than you. There are people who have done more things than you, and they can help you. Um, yeah, sure, you have to pay for it, but why Why would you not, if your health and wellness is important to you, why would you not invest in yourself so that you can be a better person and live a better life? All right, we're going back. We're going way back. Um, five years ago, no, he's going to... Oh, man, my youngest is going to be five this year. That is wild. Anyway, five years ago, I had my second kid. Um, it was right before the pandemic, you know, about a year-ish before the pandemic. I had a thriving business. I was around people all the time, blah, blah, blah. Pretty great. Working mom, um, juggling an entrepreneur business and a physical gym. I was training tons of people, lots of moms. It was pretty great. Had my two boys, doing okay. Mentally, very unstable. I got postpartum depression after Luca. Um, anybody who tells you it's not a real thing has, <laughs> yeah, you can just laugh because it's it's extremely real. And it's not like a hormonal imbalance or some kind of weird like thing that moms talk about to make excuses for having a bad attitude or feeling like they can't do things or like low energy. It is 100% real. And about 40% of women face postpartum depression after they have kids. 40%. That's a lot. And can you find help in our healthcare system? No, you cannot because the healthcare system here sucks. And yeah, I said it because it's real. Compare us to Germany, Sweden, Norway, anywhere over there, and they're doing a lot better than us. Um, the healthcare here is meant to take your money and put a band aid on your issue, it's not meant to solve problems. So huh, there's my soapbox about healthcare. Anyway, at my six-week checkup, I went in to see my doc. My doc was not available. I talked to uh, a kid who was fresh out of college. I mean, 
she was probably 21, 22. I don't know. She was a baby and she had never had no babies. I'll tell you that. Um, looked me over. I told her I felt like a flaming heap of garbage all day. My body was not healing. Um, I had a fourth degree tear after my son and I just did not feel okay. I wasn't okay. My body wasn't healing well. I was exhausted to a level I had not experienced before. Um, you know, even, even worse than with my first son. Yeah, sure. One to two kids. I get it. There's, there's some exhaustion there, but it, this was a different level of fatigue. It, it was next level for me. And, and I explained that to her. I explained like, oh, I'm like feeling kind of down, kind of sad. And then instead of like addressing that, she handed me this like form. There's a bunch of these just very generic questions that I just didn't even fill out. I was like, you know what? I'm not going down this road here. Uh, obviously, this is going to put me in some kind of system and like, I'll get a call maybe in six weeks about it. Or maybe I'll never will. I don't know. It, it just didn't seem like she had listened to me. And so she was like, yeah, I think you're fine. You know, go home, get back to baby making, whatever you want to do. Uh, I think you'll be all right. When I had literally just told her that I did not even feel like a person. So that was my <laughs> experience with um, find, trying to find a help in our healthcare system. So it, automatically I felt like um maybe there was something wrong with me. Maybe maybe the feelings that I had were exaggerated and I just needed to maybe get some sleep, ask for help with my kids a, a little bit. Um maybe maybe I'd blown it out of proportion. But I also knew deep down that that <laughs> that that was a lie I was telling myself to make myself feel better. Um, so anyway, life went on. We keep going. We keep going. February 2020 hits. It looks like the world's going to end. Everything's crazy. Everybody's getting sick. Everybody's talking about pandemic. Um, people in my town either believed it or they thought people believed it were crazy. There was no like, <laughs> there was no very, it was very black and white. You either believed it or you didn't believe it. And I didn't know what to believe, but I did know that people I knew were getting very sick and businesses were shutting down. My business was shut down uh, for like two or three months. I had to close my doors and train my clients fully online. And it was really hard. It was really a strange isolation and a separation from this community that I had been used to and the mental health hole that that took on me was just, man, I don't even know how to describe it. I tanked. Like, I just fell into this black hole and I, I lost it. When I did get back to the gym, I was a different person. I wasn't okay. It got to the point where my employees pulled me aside and they were like, hey, um, we've noticed that you are not acting the same way that you always have. And we're worried about you. We're concerned. And we don't really know how to help you, but we know you need help. And to hear that from people on the outside was very eye-opening to me because I thought, 
I'm hiding this pretty well. Yeah, I'm pretty angry all the time. I'm a grouch. I'm essentially Oscar the Grouch from Sesame Street. Like, don't talk to me unless you need something like really important. I'm here to do my job. I'm going home. I don't want to hear anything from you. It was a lot. So having that meeting, I I kind of went home and I thought about it. I realized like maybe I do need help. Maybe this this has gone on for so long at this point. It's not like a hormone imbalance from having my kid, you know? I mean, he was almost two at this point. Like it it had gone on for almost two years at this point. So it looks like the pandemic is going to keep going. The kid's not going to be able to go to school on a regular schedule. Uh, he's going to have to wear a mask all the time. I decided to homeschool because I'm a teacher, right? I teach people how to exercise. I can teach my child math. No, I could not. So that was probably the worst decision I could do to isolate myself with my children for nearly two years. We did not leave the house. First year we missed Thanksgiving. We missed Christmas. There was no Easter. We didn't go to birthdays. There was complete isolation from the family, from friends, from church, because we didn't know what was going on. And I wanted to protect my kids. I didn't want them to have to wear masks. I didn't want them to get freaked out. I didn't want them to have to deal with grown adults fighting in the store because they couldn't be bothered to put a piece of paper on their face to buy cereal. I wanted to shield them from that. And so that isolation made my depression worse because you need a community. You need a village to help you succeed in life. It's just, it's how we're hardwired. We're hardwired for community and we're hardwired to need help from other people, from people who've been down the road we're on. They know what they're doing. Ask for help. And I didn't know how to do that. I I didn't know how to ask for help because I felt so lost and so alone and so little like myself, I didn't even know who I was anymore when I looked in the mirror. It got so bad that my children were starting to exhibit my symptoms of anxiety. They stopped sleeping. My oldest son had just serious bouts of insomnia where he would just go for days with no sleep. He was crying. He was having these fits of rage. He was just punching walls and throwing toys. And, and he was just, he was exhibiting all of these just horrible attitudes. And I was like, where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? And then, you know, I'm reading all these parenting books, trying to figure out what is wrong with my kid? Like what's happening with him? And then I read Conscious Parenting by Dr. Shafali. And my mind was blown. I was like, Oh, my kid is acting nuts because I'm not giving him what he needs because I am not the person I should be because I have been darkened by depression and anxiety. I didn't realize it was so bad. I didn't realize it was so bad because the only two people who ever saw me were my kids. My husband came home from work and essentially had dinner and went to bed, you know, it, by the time he got home, I was just done anyway, and I, I didn't care. 
So it wasn't like he was seeing the breakdowns or the attitude or the sarcasm or like crying. I would just go in the bathroom and cry. Um, I was having just day-long panic attacks where uh, my hands would shake and I would just be sweating and I would live in this fear. It was all these physical manifestations of this inner pain that were coming out of me. And I was just terrified. I was scared to be around my kids. I was scared that I was going to just mess them up forever, traumatize them. I was going to just pass on these this horrible trauma and it really just wrecked me. I was so I was struggling big time. It finally got to a point where my husband was like, "Look, you need to figure out what you have to do to fix this." You got to do something. You got to try therapy, something, anything. You have to do this. And so I, I guess I needed his permission or s someone's permission, someone to tell me, look, you're not okay. All the things you're doing to help yourself, to like fix yourself. I was trying meditation. I was journaling. I was, you know, trying exercise again, all of this stuff. It was great. It wasn't enough for me. I was so deep down the rabbit hole. I needed somebody to pull me out. I needed help. And I wasn't getting it myself. I was reading a bunch of books. I was watching YouTube videos. I was, it, it was just none of that stuff was working. So I took that and I got myself into therapy, which once again was it felt like a failure on my part. I couldn't fix myself. Why couldn't I fix myself? I had been a trainer for years. If I needed to solve a problem in my body, I just did it because I could research. I knew how it worked. I knew how to fix it. I knew the steps. This mind thing, this mental aspect was a completely new avenue for me. And I did not understand it. I couldn't grasp how how it worked, why my body was reacting in this way, why I felt so bad, why I was so sad, why I didn't want to get up in the morning. I had gotten to that place. I didn't want to wake up in the morning. I didn't necessarily want to die. I, I was afraid to leave my children, but I also didn't want to be alive. I was in this weird like limbo between, I know I want to care, but I just don't care about anything. I, I was just, it was really scary. I didn't feel like I could tell anybody about it. I didn't feel like I had anybody to talk to. I'm sure I did. I'm sure my husband would have <laughs> listened to me. He's the one who told me to do therapy, but I honestly didn't feel like if I told anybody they would A, believe me, or B, be able to help me. Um, so, you know, I took the smile out of the jar by my bed every day and plastered it on my face and went on with life and just hoped nobody noticed. And, and I really, <laughs> there wasn't really anybody to notice. So in my isolation, I could hide it pretty well. My kids noticed. Um, and that's the worst part. So therapy, let's talk about it for a minute because I truly truly believe that therapists are angels sent from heaven and they are absolutely 
wonderful beings. And I am so thankful for mine. I won't say the name, but um, this person changed my life. And they put me on a path where I could heal. And I am indebted to I'm indebted to them forever because when I talked to them, they didn't make me feel like I was broken, like I was a failure. And that's how I felt. I felt like I was at the bottom and I was broken and I there wasn't any fixing me, that this was just how it was going to have to be, and I was going to have to figure it out. And they listened to me, and, man, I did therapy for over a year and a half. (laughs) And I sat down with this person weekly, and I talked about my past, and I told them how I felt, how I didn't feel, and they listened to me, and they told me what they saw and what they heard, and what I needed to do. And they gave me back my power. And when you lose your power. Something inside of you dies. And I had died. And obviously. I had two babies to take care of. I had a husband. I had a business I was trying to run. It was a lot. It was overwhelming. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to turn. Um, I was running from God, so that wasn't an option. Uh, I knew he had told me to do this thing, and I didn't want to do it because I was not okay. And this person helped me be okay. So therapy is near to my heart because it saved my life. When I think about... Man, sorry. When I hear about people like Robin Williams or... Anthony Bourdain, or more recently, um, which, who feel so down that ending their life seems like the only option. That hits me so hard because I have almost been there. I've been that low. I've been to the bottom. And trying to put on a smile for everybody so they don't notice is just an enormous amount of work. It's so hard. It's, it's exhausting physically and mentally. And every night when I went to bed, I was just drained from trying to do it every single day. I was drained. I didn't have any, any thoughts. I wasn't able to communicate anymore. I I was just, I was numb. And that was so scary to me. I went to the doctor. I tried again. I went to my OB, told her how I was feeling. She was like, oh, man, I'll give you some meds. I'll make you feel better. Um, And, yeah, the meds certainly turned off the depression, but what they also did was turn off everything. And instead of feeling, you know, the depression and the sadness and the loneliness, I felt nothing. 
I was just a person who made snacks and made dinner and homeschooled and went to bed. There was no emotion left. It had turned off everything. And instead of feeling something, even if it was a negative, it made me feel like I was still there, like I was still alive. The meds made me feel like a robot. Um, and not in a good way, in a, in a weird, freaky, I can't do this anymore way. So I stopped taking them. Um, because they were too much. It was, it was not what I needed. It wasn't what I needed. And it ended up making everything worse. It was 10,000 times harder. And so with therapy, I'm going to tell you right now, if you feel alone, if you are afraid, if you feel like you don't want to wake up anymore, please go to therapy. Please try it. You don't need medicine. Maybe you do. I don't know. It didn't work for me. But you need to tell somebody. you got to talk to somebody. Don't make it one of your friends. Don't talk to your mom. You can't talk to somebody like that about this. They are not equipped to help you. They can't untangle the web of emotion and hurt and heartache and bitterness and resentment and anger that you've built up over decades. I mean, we talked about things from when I was a kid that I didn't even know bothered me, but they still bothered me. Feelings that I was carrying around, this, this weight that, that they helped me release, that I was able to unlock this new way of thinking. All of these things I had spent so much time shutting down and shutting in and holding in, I, had, I was able to release them finally. They were out there. And I knew why I felt that way. And I was able to forgive. And I was able to move on. Do I still have work to do? Yes. I have so much work to do. <laughs> yes, I do. But I feel like a person again. I have my life back. I am no longer afraid to be around my kids. I was able to figure out how to live again. Now, therapy was wonderful, but God is what helped me turn it around. But I had to start somewhere. Because at that point, I didn't feel God anymore. I didn't know God anymore. He was, I felt like he had left me behind. So praying, reading my Bible, all of that kind of stuff, it wasn't helping. I needed this. I needed therapy. I needed something else to start the wheels in motion, to, to help myself figure out where I needed to go and what my next steps were. Because if you can't figure that out, you're just going to stay in the same spot and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And the bitterness is going to build up and the rage and the anger. And before you know it, you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to see this person that is standing in front of you and you do not know who they are. And that, that is a scary place to be. Don't get there. Go get help. There's plenty of places for help.
it's almost free now. Like your insurance will pay for it. If you don't have insurance, go and find somebody online. There's apps. There's all kinds of ways to get therapy now. I'm telling you it works. I'm telling you if you need help, therapy is the avenue to get help. You cannot do this on your own. You just can't. If you don't have a community, if you don't have people to talk to, and honestly, sometimes that's not even enough. Sometimes those people can support the work that you're doing in therapy, but they can't help you fix the work that needs to be done. You have to find somebody who knows how to help you make decisions and release things that are built up inside of you. And that, my friend, is how I feel about therapy. <laughs> that was kind of long. And I'm sorry, I got like a little emotional. Um, but I just feel so strongly about this because my life would not be where it is now had I not gone to therapy. It would not be. And honestly, it scares me to think about what it would have been. So go to therapy, talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about, and then you find a community. Whether it's here or not, you find somebody that you can talk to and that can support you and knows what you've been through and knows how you feel and let them lift you up because you cannot get out of quicksand alone. You need a hand. Find a hand and take it. Take that hand and use it and heal yourself. Have a wonderful day. You're going to be fine.